how how am I sounding? Um, not as good as normal, I must say. Yeah, as I'm using this new, I'm I'm holding the mic in my hand. Yeah, because I'm in because I'm because I'm in Ireland. I had to do a travel podcast setup. So the negative, the downsides are I don't have my usual studio boom arm, big mic, elaborate setup. But the positives are I can I can get up and walk around my room, which I'm doing right now. What's it like? Uh, do you hear this? It's me jumping up and down on my bed. Yeah, well, I can roll around my room as far as my head. Oh! Richie. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped the mic when I was jumping on my bed. It sounded like you fell off the bed. <laughs> Maybe that happened. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? This is not a video medium. You will never and know. Then, and never will it be. Never will it be. Well, I mean, then we'd have to put clothes on when we record. Never! Right, news. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's actually kind of hard. I'm, there isn't that much going on. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little tired from jumping up and down in my bed. You want to have a sit down there? You want to podcast yeah. the old way? Hold on one second. I'm gonna. <laughs> that sounded like you opened a trash can. Bong. <laughs> this is the other benefit of having a handheld mic. I could like really get up close and hold up to the mic while I opened or to the beer while I opened it. Um, but I am dr- I am drinking a trash can full of beer. But the downside is you can only open it with one hand, really, as opposed to me, who I am entirely hands free. That's true. News. Yeah, there's not much happening. It's silly season still. In most, oh, that's right. Most of the world, not all the world, but most of the world. So what silly stuff's happening? Um, well, Northern Ireland is nearly about to break the record for the longest time any country has not had a government. What's the current record? Belgium, 541 days. <laughs> if you said years there, I was fully expecting you to say years. No, well, I mean... I probably would have gone along with it. That, I mean, you could definitely make the case for most parts of the world not having governments for very long periods of time. I mean, in like the yeah. democratic modern sense when there's an election and then you expect uh, there to be a government and they're, they're... You're not talking about dinosaur governments or anything. Yeah, all hail Tyrannosaurus Trump. <laughs> Trumposaurus Rex, Trumposaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so so how how many days have they gone without government? Uh, they passed five hundred this week. Wow! So they're getting there, and it is terrible, 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 terrible. They are a bunch of bastards. They should just get their act together and fucking cop on and get a government together. So quickly summarize again all the reasons why they don't have one. It started off being about the Northern Ireland cash for ash scandal, which was that a government scheme that was supervised by the present first minister, Arlene Foster, when she was back as the energy minister, where people would get more money for burning things that it was supposed to actually stop people from burning things. It worked in the opposite way and it encouraged yeah, people I to burn that. things, um, which is not a very good environmental policy. Oh, some would argue the worst environmental <laughs> policy. She got in a lot of trouble for that and it only kind of came up when she was first minister and Sinn Féin used the opportunity to say, hey, you got to step down while this is happening. And she said no. So the government collapsed. But then when they tried to get the government back up and running, the argument became over the Irish Language Act, which was to give equal recognition or at least significant recognition to the Irish language in Northern Ireland, which it currently doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And the unionist side said, no, we're not going to do that. That's that's one step too far and it's going to change our country too much. We don't like that. And then they've just been in a stalemate ever since. They can't get their act together. They can't get their shit together at all. Politically, it works for both sides. They had an election in the meantime and they won more seats. They didn't get punished at all by the electorate for taking this stance. And 
to be honest, according to the polls, they're still not getting punished. So there really isn't that much of an incentive for them to jump back. Mm. Um, apart from, you know, governing well. <laughs> yeah, apart from, you know, the basic function of what a government should be. Precisely. And especially because this week is the 20th anniversary of the Omar bomb, which was the mm. last big atrocity of the Troubles. I actually remember mm. that. Um, it happened like when I was around 10 or so. And I remember Bill Clinton coming over, making a big speech and it was a huge big deal. Yeah. And everybody was like insisting that this had to be the very last instance of terrible violence. Because as far as I remember, it happened just after the Good Friday Agreement and it, that's why it was especially shocking to everybody. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's shitty. Those guys up north have better get their act together. There's not Absolutely. like, it's not like one part of the entire island is presently separating from the European Union or anything. <laughs> exactly. God forbid. Steve, this wasn't a very silly story. It, it, I want silly stories. It was pretty. Give me a silly story. Boris Johnson is a silly person, but the that's reason true. that we have to talk about him right now is not that silly. God damn it. He, re- he didn't buy like a silly hat and he's wearing a silly hat. If only. <laughs> one of those ones with the, you know, the multicolour ones that are propeller on it. Oh yeah, I love those ones. Propeller heads. I actually made a short film and named it after those hats. What? They're the, they're, they used to be the personification of what a nerd would wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but you made a short film about this. Well, not about it, but it was about like um, computer geeks actually being sci-fi um like wizard lords and I just called it propeller heads because they were sci-fi geeks. That was Man, I want to see this. It's uh, I don't know if I still have a copy. I'll check. Okay. Um Boris Johnson is a twat. He did not buy a propeller head. <laughs> he wrote an article where he was saying he didn't think it was a good idea for countries like Denmark to ban Muslim face veils mm-hmm. while also simultaneously making fun of women who wear face veils, like pretty derogatory, comparing them to mailboxes and stuff like that. Jesus. Was this in his, in the Telegraph? Yes. Didn't he have a new column in the Telegraph? Yeah, now? the the column that he restarted after he quit being a minister where he gets paid twice as much as what he used to get paid for being the foreign minister, which some wow. would say was a pretty big incentive to leave the government. Yeah, pretty big. Some, like Steve Byrne would say <laughs> this, that was... This guy over here. Was, it, was his, it was much more likely to be his motivation for doing it than any principles about Brexit. There, I mm-hmm. said it. Um, yeah, chasing that paper, son. So the Tory government, the Tory leadership, sorry, are under a lot of pressure by the liberal wing of their party and everyone else thinks straight that he should be reprimanded in some way for being such a dick. Mm-hmm. And then the pro-Boris people and more open to bigotry side are less, they are, they're actually trying to back Boris and they're they're threatening to take action if the, if, if the, part, the leadership takes action. And they're kind of in this silly season standoff where nothing is pushing it out of the news because everyone's on holidays. Right. So yeah, it's, um, it's still going on. Again, not that silly. I'm hoping your third story is a very silly story. No, no. Jesus. No, the nation of Turkey is very close to an economic collapse. That's the opposite of silly. <laughs> This is the least silliest story he's ever been. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, the United States and Turkey are, they're squaring up to each other and they have been for the last couple of years. They are not getting on. Mm. Even though they're NATO allies and America's long, like Turkey has always been like a very close buddy of, of the United States. Yeah. The last couple of years that has started to get a lot worse. One of the main reasons is that they're backing different sides in the Syrian conflict. Mm-hmm. So the US are also very close to the Kurds. Um, they are a stateless bunch of lads that are spread across Syria, Turkey, Iraq, and I think there's a good few of them in Iran as well. They have a movement where they're trying to set up their own nation state, Kurdistan. And part of that is that they send in soldiers to fight, to gain territory where conflicts arise. And that's what they did in Syria. Right. Turkey don't like them because if Kurdistan was to exist, it would be a significant slice of Turkey being taken away. Sure. So they, they treat them as terrorists. And Turkey has actually invaded Syria during the conflict to try and fight back their forces to stop them from getting stronger footholds. Mm-hmm. So you essentially have American soldiers fighting Turkish soldiers 
in this proxy war that's going on and that's been going on for a while. So while that's going on, countries generally don't get on. Absolutely, yeah. There's also this US pastor, um, I think he's like a Protestant vicar, Andrew Brunson. He has been detained for two years in Turkey because um, President Erdogan has tied him to the coup that happened a couple of years ago where they tried the Turkish military tried to get rid of the president. And was he involved? Um, Probably not, but he's probably very close friends with the people who may have organised it. It's very, because the problem is is that everyone got arrested very quickly after the coup failed. And the narrative that has been pushed has been the narrative that the president of Turkey has wanted to push. Okay, so is this like a a symbolic... um it's kind of, Arrest. yeah, and they've, President Erdogan of Turkey is trying to imply that the US wants to get rid of him, which to try and rally support for himself. Right. The US probably does want to get rid of him. <laughs> and okay. they probably, they probably are doing things. And perhaps this guy is some sort of an agent. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But sometimes when the conspiracy theorists are involved in, in stories about US foreign affairs and in, intervening in countries, they generally are, are close to the market. Right, yeah. But anyway, the US are saying you've got to release him and we're putting sanctions upon your economy because you're not. And that is causing the Turkish lira to collapse, lose value. It's it's basically, it's very close to being worthless. And is that going to have a knock-on effect for Europe? No, not at all. Okay. Um, but it has a massive knock-on effect for the people of Turkey because they're basically on the verge of their banks collapsing, stock market collapsing and their currency being worth fuck all. Wow. Hard, yeah. to, hard, to, hard to live as a country when that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to live in general. Yeah, so not good and also not silly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not at all. That's what How I was long saying. does the silly season last? Until the parliaments come back. So so will we get another episode out within the silly season? And can you promise me some more silly, some actual silly stories? I'll try my best. Please. I'll try be my best. I'll try my so this is another topic that we're going to talk about this episode that isn't silly at all. No, not at all. And, and nor should it be. Yeah, we're going to talk about DACA. Yay, DACA. What does DACA stand for? Hmm, I forgot to look. Let's take a guess. Let's take a guess. Okay, let's start. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Dumbledore's army can't anymore. Dumbledore's army can't anymore. Wow, that's 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 pretty it, pretty close to the mark. It's the legislation that the Ministry of Magic passed <laughs> that rendered uh, Dumbledore's army illegal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah remember yeah, that? Yeah. That was DACA. <laughs> oh, but Obama brought this in. I thought he's supposed to be a good guy. Uh, not in the magic world, he's not. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so, so magicians are Trump supporters. Magicians, like wizards. Wizards, yeah, not magicians. I don't know. I don't really give a shit about Harry Potter. I'm sorry. What? You don't uh, like Harry Potter? I don't. I don't dislike him. I'm sure he's fine. Mm. I mean, I'd buy him a beer a if I seen him in the bar. You know. Ducks are capricious animals. Are they? Ask, check DACA. Have you? I'll tell you. Have you seen a duck and you're like, that's one capricious looking That's bastard. one capricious animal. I can't. Oh, that's you, Just, you, you capricious piece of poo. Dicks aren't critical an- anatomy. Dicks aren't critical anatomy. Yes, that's true. That is what it stands for. It is actually, this is going to be our second episode on feminism. <laughs> long overdue. <laughs> what, what does it actually stand for? I've stalled long enough to let you Google it. Oh, was I supposed to be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, that's what you would have assu- assumed I was doing. 
No, Richie, that is not what I assumed you were doing. Oh yeah, God forbid that we were going into a random tangent without any actual practical purpose on this podcast. That would never happen. Yeah, all of our all of our uh, random tangents have been in service of the show in general. Deferred action for childhood arrivals. Yeah, I knew that. I googled that at the same time as you. <laughs> yes, deferred action for childhood arrivals. Um, it is an immigration policy that allows people brought illegally to the US as kids by their parents, presumably, mm-hmm. to get deferment on deportation and some other allowances such as work permits and study permits, basically kind of semi-legalizing them. Okay. And the logic behind this is that these were kids when they were brought to the US, so kids can't really be held responsible for criminal actions. Yeah, they, 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 yeah it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. So a kid was brought over to the US when they were six from whatever country, and mm-hmm. they've grown up their entire lives in the United States as illegals. Mm-hmm. And... By the time they're coming of age to try and live and work in the country that they've been raised in, they don't have any legal status to properly do that. So a couple of pretty decent legislators got together in 2001. Uh, It was actually a Republican-Democrat joint bill. They actually wanted to call it the Dreamers Act. Mm -hmm. And they introduced it first in 2001 to, it was actually, it it was going to be kind of the same sort of deal. But they were going to give even more benefits to to the to the applicants, and even allow for a path to permanent residency, which would also lead to a path to citizenship. Right. Okay. But that didn't. So pass. A more robust solution. Yeah, but that didn't pass at all. Um, there was huge no. outcry. It got it got uh, filibustered and and pushed back. So that was kind of floating around for a good while, and then in 2012, Obama said. I'm the president. I have a thing called executive action where I can bring in policies at my own whim. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that right now by making DACA, which is basically three quarters Dreamers Act. Okay. So that's what the deferred action part comes in. Yes, that's why. Well, the deferred action part comes, yes, because you're not going to have a path to permanent residency as it stands. It was supposed to be a stepping stone that Obama brought in to give Congress time to get its shit together and actually come up with a proper Dreamers Act mm-hmm. so that these that these kids basically wouldn't would have an opportunity to live proper lives, go and study, go and work while the Dreamers thing was getting its act together. And around in 2012, there was talk of a big a big congressional deal between Republicans and Democrats to get that together. Mm-hmm. But, but then the, the political landscape completely changed and the anti-immigration right wing pretty much took over the to the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't gone away. If anything, it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. So so how successful do you think that has been since 2012? I would say for the kids that have been able to avail of it, it has been pretty successful. Mm-hmm. They have, some of the states have already brought in things like this anyway. Mm-hmm. But because citizenship is a federal issue, ultimately, and citizenship and the right to work and live in the United States is ultimately a federal issue, there's only so far that the states can go. Right. So as like a meaningful step to allow normalization for these kids. It, it was a good idea, but the, it was only ever meant to be a stepping stone. Right. Because it kept on getting renewed and renewed and renewed. You're, if you're if you're going through the program, you've probably, since 2012, what, you would have had six years of education by now if you started then. you mm-hmm. That's that's like an undergrad and a degree, probably a master's mm-hmm. degree. You still don't know what your status is going to be if the if they decide to change their mind and then deport you. <laughs> right, Which yeah. ultimately is, is technically part of what could happen. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but Donald Trump campaigned pretty hard during the during the election to declare that he would undo DACA on day one of the presidency mm-hmm. um, if he got elected. He didn't, which is no. confusing. It is. Uh, wh- why is that? I think it is ultimately because Trump loves kids. He sees children in distress on television and he thinks that he has to do something. So, for example, when he's seen footage of kids in great distress in Syria after a chemical we- weapon attack, the next day he sanctioned 
the cruise missile bombing of a Syrian airbase to try and stop it, mm-hmm. even though he campaigned vigorously against any intervention in Syria. He just changed his mind because of these pictures. This is one of his trigger points. It is one of his trigger points. So he sees on the media about these kids that are having a hard time for something that isn't necessary. Like, I mean, morally, logically, ethically, it, it, it makes sense that it's not their fault. Yeah. So he is like, yeah, I don't fully, like, he keeps, oh, these kids, these kids are great. Let's do something for these kids. So, and then simultaneously, he also thinks that it's a good bargaining chip mm-hmm. to use with the Democrats to try and get some concessions, maybe get the wall built or something like that in exchange for moving from from DACA to Dreamers. Okay. Do you think he would go that far? Or when you said that, I thought, you know, he would just use not abolishing the DACA Act as, as his chip. But you think actually yeah. there's any sort of room for a full Dreamers? He w- there is kind of, there is enough support for it to happen if they were to be able to steamroll over the hard wing, the hard anti-immigration wing. But the problem is that at the moment, one of the hardest anti-immigration people is the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Right. When I say that um, Donald Trump has a soft spot for kids, Jeff Sessions has the off- opposite of a soft spot for illegal immigrants. He hates them. Right. <laughs> he thinks that they should have absolutely no rights, that they're criminals, that they that even if they were kids, it's no excuse and they should just be treated like any, once they reach the age of 18, they have to be treated like any other illegal and just be deported. And he's the person that's in charge. And so he has also try to rescind it and get rid of it. Are there, is there much of a, like a, a lobbying force pushing for a full dreamers? Cute. Yeah. Act there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge scope on, on, well, on both sides, really. Um, the state, yeah. the states, the red states, um, they're the ones that actually lobby against it. So the, the Republican movements who are in power in the different red states are bringing court cases against the DACA Act, while simultaneously in Washington, there are loads and loads of different lobby groups that are trying to get Congress behind a proper dreamers act. Mm-hmm. It this is going to get decided in the court because once Jeff Sessions got Trump's permission to start rolling back the system, he the his he he was challenged immediately that it wasn't legal to do that. And pretty much every case that has been brought to a far enough point in the federal court system, judges have struck them down to say, "Yep, yeah, you can't suddenly take away these legal rights from these citizens from these sorry from these kids. It's not it's not constitutional." Right. So it probably will eventually make its way up to the Supreme Court and that's where the fate of the DACA Act will will be decided. Can you put a rough time estimate on on that? It's probably when the Supreme Court comes back next, which I think is going to be around September or October. I can't remember when they sit. Somebody should have done an episode of the Supreme Court and said that specific fact. <laughs> a, we did a long time ago. <laughs> we were different people back then. Um, so that's the story. Steve, I'm sick of hearing you talk about DACA. I don't blame you. You know nothing about DACA. I tried. Sorry, that's harsh. No, that's harsh. You you did some, you did research. You did a good job. But what I'm saying is, I want to hear from someone who's got more firsthand experience. Somebody who may, in fact, be called a potential dreamer. Someone, indeed, not you. No one has ever described you as a dreamer. No, I don't dream. I just, whenever I sleep, I close my eyes. I open them again eight hours later, like a robot. And it's just like I I go from 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 horizontal to vertical, then one perpendicular, like whoop. I, I when I close my eyes, I just start having uh, night terrors, and I just shriek for eight hours. <laughs> it's horrible when they, when you fall asleep on the bus. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's really embarrassing. So neither of us are dreamers. Steve, can we talk to someone who would be considered a dreamer? Yes, we can. Somebody got in touch really? with us and was ha- was was lovely enough to volunteer. Their Give me their full name and address. <laughs> No. <laughs> and we'll talk about why on the interview. <laughs> Give me a vivid description of how they look so all of our listeners can do a police sketch. Um, okay, they are about 
seven foot tall. Mm. They are yellow. Right. They are feathered. Okay, I see where you're going with this. They have large orange legs. You're describing what sounds like a bird, which is quite big. (laughs) They are frequently seen loitering on a certain street, of which could be a reference to some sort of a seed Mm -hmm. that you put on burger buns. Won't you tell me how to get how to get to our interview? Uh, I should apologize before. My tortoise is walking around, so if you hear a clicking sound, yeah. Can you can you give him his own microphone? Can he be on the show? I mean, he doesn't do much, but I guess. <laughs> what, what's his name? Her name is Lily. Lily. Oh, Lily's a great name for a tortoise. Yeah, I really liked Harry Potter, and it was the only <gasps> name in English my mom could pronounce. Oh, <laughs> she so. couldn't pronounce Hermione. Hermione. No, of course oh, can not. I she Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For um, when I read those books first, I was nearly sure that her name was Hermione. Hermione, or something like that. Yeah, I had trouble with Harry. Harry, Harry. (laughs) Wait, who's Lily in Harry Potter? His her mother. Harry's mom. Stephen, you're an embarrassment. I don't want to do a show with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, go off and do your own Harry Potter show with Andrea. Then I will indeed. Our first guest is Lily. Lily, tell us about your day. How's it going? She doesn't talk. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, she said she's actually curious because she heard new voices, though. So she's coming over here. Oh, no way. That's precious. Yeah. Oh, my God. We need to get that's it. She is now the joint uh, mascot with Ted over at Ampolitics. Oh, awesome. does, she, um, does she make a sound? Do tortoises make sounds at all? Um, Sometimes um, if she's really excited, <gasps> she'll make a sound. But like not much. Oh, she yawns. God. <gasps> oh, it's breaking my heart. This is adorable. I'm, I've completely forgotten what we were supposed to be talking about. All I can imagine is a tortoise yawning. Uh, I'll be sure to send a picture at some point. Would you please? Yeah, I will. She's. Oh, that she's, would be so. That would be so happy. She would love to be featured. Of course. But yeah, we're we're not here to talk about tortoises, are we, Steve? No, we're not. We are here to talk about how politics can impact real life people in real life, and it's not just about orange faced, blonde haired guys waving their hands around in Helsinki. Although that is, a, that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of it, sadly. It is, yeah, but you also need to recognise that there are people like Andrea who are actually impacted by the decisions that the politicians make. Yep, yep, and I can't really <laughs> decide or I can't help to pick leaders, so that kind of sucks too. Oh, you're not 18 yet? No, uh, you're not allowed, I'm not allowed to vote. You have to be oh, born right. here. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that then. Let's talk, let's, let's get into that. So where were you born, Andrea? I was born in Mexico. Um, in a state called Michoacan. Say that again? Michoacan. That sounds so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the most dangerous places in the world right now. Okay, maybe <laughs> maybe not so gorgeous then. <laughs> it sounds gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. The branding <laughs> is on point from a, like a verbal perspective. No, it's absolutely beautiful and like the culture and everything. But the mafia right now is pretty big over there. So mm-hmm. it is just like a very dangerous place. Of course. And yeah. so was that a catalyst for that eventually led to the migration north? Yeah. So whenever an immigrant shares their personal story of why they can't come here, it is something that you guys have to understand that it's like, it's not just my story. It's also like my parents and my brother and like their family. Absolutely. I, I obviously didn't make that decision when I came here. I was like two, but my parents were involved in politics over there. And my grandpa actually ended up getting murdered. Yeah, it's I mean, 
our most recent election was one of the most dangerous elections. I think 130 candidates got murdered. So yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I was I was reading about that. It's apparently it's the mafia tactics. If if they can't intimidate the politicians who are standing against them to to not run, then they basically just kill them. They've got no they've got no fear or, or respect. So yeah, scary. Yeah, so it's it is terrifying. At the time when my grandpa was murdered, my dad was about 16, 16 or 17, and he had just met my mom. They were both in law school. My dad isn't the oldest. He's one of seven boys, but the older two didn't want to take control and someone needed to kind of take control of all the business and everything. So my dad stepped up and he left college and my mom stayed in college, but also stayed with him for some crazy reason. (laughs) And I mean, a crazy little thing called love. No, I to this day, I tell her it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they're still married. And like, (laughs) I think she was 18 and like had no idea what was going on. So that went on for a while. uh, And they waited a few years to have kids. But the situation was getting really dangerous. And then my mom ended up graduating law school. and She had her own practice. But my dad ended up going into politics as well. Mm -hmm. He ran for something with someone else. I'm not 100% sure what it was. It was like I think the easiest way to understand it is like someone on Congress. Okay. Yeah. So he ran for that. He won, but then they didn't give it to him. And so he decided that he was kind of done over there. Things were getting pretty dangerous for him. He always had to carry a gun around. All his siblings were growing up and he made sure they all went to college and he like took care of everyone. And at one point he was just kind of done, Mm -hmm. I think. And so he decided to come over here. And my mom and me actually stayed back home for a while. There was about a year of my life where my dad was over here and me and my mom were over there. But my mom and I had visas, so we would fly over and see him every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And how old old were you at this point? I was like one or two. I was really young. Okay. And was your brother older or younger? No, my brother's younger, but he wasn't born yet. So younger, Steve. (laughs) After about a year, my mom decided she wanted to keep the family going. We would move over here. So my mom and I came over here and we didn't cross the border like through the river like most people think. Um, Mm -hmm. We came on a plane and we were fine. We just kind of overstayed our welcome. Yeah, that's how the Irish, that's how the Irish legals do it as well. I mean, I'd say the majority of most legals in the US actually do just enter like normal, but then stay. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, like I know a lot of people. My dad being one of them that like cross through the border and it's the conditions are horrible. Like as a woman, I'm. I saw a statistic that it was like 80% of women get raped when you cross the border. Oh, God. 80%. Yeah. So it's like, it's horrible. You can't cross that way unless you're really, really desperate. Right. So do you know why your dad wasn't able to get an airplane like you and your mom were? I do remember this. When we went to go get our visas and everything, they denied my dad. And we went to like a like a Denny's afterwards and it was full of white people. And my dad just kept talking in Spanish, telling my mom, he's like, I'm going to get in. I'm going to cross. And my mom was like, shut up, shut <laughs> up. can't trust Denny's. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sometimes random. They don't really tell you why you don't. Mm-hmm. My grandmas have been able to visit. So I have some of my aunts, but not all of my uncles, um, not all my cousins. It just, I think it's sometimes it's random. Sometimes they just don't feel like giving it to you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that they don't trust men not to overstay the welcome, whereas they seem more trusting of women. Would that be true? I think so. I think so. Just because more men come here to work, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. So you were about two years old then when your mom and yourself went over. Is it it's California you guys live in, isn't it? Yeah, I live in Southern California. Southern California. We're gonna if people haven't guessed yet, we're gonna keep things kind of vague. Um, yeah, we're not gonna mention <laughs> we're not gonna mention Andrea's surname, although. You do know about the tortoise, but that's about as much uh, personal information that you're going to get. <laughs> Andrea, maybe before we put this live, Google Andrea Tortoise and see, and see if mean, you're just maybe the first you'll page. Find it. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> you never know. Well, actually, actually, let's talk about that right now. So how scared are you about protecting yourself online or making sure that you're not that easily discoverable? Is this something that you have to consider just on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you have to consider online. You have to consider it with friends, um, even in relationships. I've only ever told one ex-boyfriend because like if you do end up breaking up oh god yeah there's like (laughs) and it turns out he's a federal agent (laughs) no he doesn't even have to be a federal agent i just like i personally know people that like dated someone who was illegal Mm. then she told them they broke up and then he called immigration on them because he was so angry like he regretted it no fury like a lover scorned yeah i've heard of revenge porn but revenge deportations is jesus I mean, I they're, they're both pretty bad. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, Steve's not validating one over the other. But. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, it is something you worry about. So, in, in terms of your, your, your friends, your close personal friends, do you divulge that to them at all? Or is it a complete lockdown? So, I actually live... This might give away something, but it's not a big deal because it's so big. I, I do live in a Republican area of California. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of my friends are very, very pro-Trump. So um, I, I don't tell them just because, you know, they've said stuff that I, I worry about. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do tell other people. I mean, I I had to tell my boss and he's pretty Republican mm. and like his reaction wasn't great. No, I can't imagine. No, but he he kind of just he let it go. But like he'll bring it up every once in a while. And oh. he's not a fan. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's something you you don't tell a lot, a lot of people, but then also like it's not just like a me thing, like it's also my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like even though like I'm a DACA student right now, I technically can't be deported. My parents mm-hmm. can. Yeah. 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 So it's still a very real. And was your brother born in America? Yeah, he was. He was. So was he? He's an American. Yeah, he's an American citizen. I mean, I feel <laughs> I feel more bad for him just because like we can't travel. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He just turned. 13, 14, he's somewhere around there. <laughs> That's a true ballpark. He's never been on a plane. And like, yeah. we, don't, we can't go down to San Diego because there's a checkpoint there. So he's never been yeah. there. Like, there's just like, even though he isn't, he still has to like live the way we do, which like, I feel yeah. I feel bad for. And like, I hope when he's older, he can travel. I feel less bad for him, though, when he starts sending you selfies of all the amazing places he's traveling to. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Trump earlier on. Uh, we just want to touch a little bit on when he announced his campaign and any feelings that kind of started to blossom around that time. Like, how did were you aware of his policies or or what kind of president he would become or what his platform was? And how did you feel around that time as you started to learn more? Yeah, so I always been involved a lot in politics just because I think it's something that kind of runs in my family. Uh, but mm-hmm. my parents didn't want me to study that in university, so... Very smart. I did. I did. And it's useless. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. And I have a political podcast. <laughs> it has its uses. I, no, I did. it's definitely something that I'm always aware of. So like I did watch Trump announce his campaign and like I thought it was a joke. 
Like I mm. did not take like he came out and like the first few sentences already. He was like Mexicans are rapists. And I was like, OK, this guy's a joke. Like no <laughs> one's going to vote for him. And like despite growing up in a very Republican area, I didn't feel hatred from my friends that were very Republicans. I was like, no one thinks that all Mexicans are rapists. Like that's ridiculous. And then he got mm. momentum and I was like, oh my gosh, it was bad. It was terrifying. And then did the, those feelings compound when he actually got elected? Like, can you remember that night, how it felt yeah. the next couple of days? Yeah. So at the time I was living at my university, my roommates and I had like a whole election night thing. Mm. Well, one of them was very Democrat. Uh, another one didn't like Trump, but she wasn't Democrat. So she decided third party. And then the other one was just too lazy to vote, which is like <laughs> ridiculous. But um, yeah. yeah, we were all sitting around and like we had all our laptops out and uh, one of them printed out like a map so we can draw in which states Hillary gone. Like, oh, my God. You guys. That's so nerdy. That's so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> As a host of a political podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> and no, but like. Uh, one of my friends had to leave to go to one of her um, sports practices. And I remember exactly when I realized Trump had won and I called her and I was like, it Trump won. This is it. And I just remember I like I started crying and I called my parents and like it was it was terrifying. Yeah. And what were your parents reactions? My mom was really, really worried. Um, my dad just kind of called and he was like, we've made it through Bush. We've made it through Obama. Now we're going to make it through Trump. It's going to be OK. And like that was really comforting. But mm. but I also think that he was I mean, you have to be worried when a guy like that gets elected, a guy who's like spouting off horrible racist stuff mm-hmm. and like wanting to deport everyone. It's it's terrifying. And over the last uh, year and a half or so, how have those feelings evolved? Um, I mean, I, I definitely don't like him. <laughs> you haven't fallen madly in love with him in the meantime. Not, I'm sure he thinks we have, but no, I, I personally have not. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, it happens. Originally, I thought it wasn't going to be too bad, but then he took away, or he started trying to take away DACA, which was like a big deal, um, and that's when things started getting bad. I was actually going to study abroad in Ireland. No, we, we know that place. Yeah, and I was so excited, and I, so I had like all my paperwork ready, I had saved the money, I was like, I was huh. and took it away. And so, like, now, even though DACA is still a thing, I you I can't leave the country at all anymore. Not even for studying abroad. You've been denied Ireland. And how come that, how, why is that? What's different? What has he actually done that's different? Basically, DACA is like, it's like a two-year renewal. Yeah. All it, all it is, is like, it's called a deferred action, which means you can't be deported as long as you don't break the law during those two years. But you have to reapply every single time and you can still be rejected. And so there was a thing called advanced parole, I think. You had to apply for that to leave the country and you can only do it for work or for study abroad. And now, and so I don't know if you guys had heard that he had tried to take DACA away. Mm. We've heard different things. Um, Sometimes it's portrayed that he actually claims to be on the side because he has a particular foible that if he sees children in trouble on TV news, he automatically switches to their side, no matter what his previous thoughts were. And sometimes you hear that he actually talks like positively about the DACA program, but then equally, like you say, it's just another tool in his negotiations with Congress. Yeah, no, I think he's using it as a tool. Yeah, I genuinely think he does not give a shit about us. Like, I think we could be here. We couldn't and he wouldn't care. Yeah. But he when he took it away, 
it was, I think it went through like its whole process where like it went to the courts and stuff and they said he couldn't do that, but he like what he banned advanced parole. So like you can't leave the country anymore. Wow. And then like a few other minor things. Oh, and then you, you can't apply as a new DACA person. I had a DACA before, so I could continue applying every two years, but new, new people cannot apply. And um, when did you first hear about the DACA program? Actually, the day Obama announced it, like I remember, uh-huh. yeah, it was like a big deal. Like Obama had this whole announcement. We had the news going. We were all sitting around the TV. So and you guys, you guys heard about it. You knew it was coming. Yeah. So he wanted to do a thing called the Dream Act, which mm-hmm. um, has been going on since like 2001, and it's different from DACA. So the Dream Act is basically like um, it's a it's supposed to grant legal status. It's like a law that they're trying to pass, but they've never been successful. So um, Obama just came and said. That's fine. If you don't want to grant them a legal status, then I'm just going to do DACA, which is you can renew it every two years, but there's no like end in sight. Like I might never become a citizen. And do you uh, going forward in the future, do you think that Congress is going to get his finger out and actually move forward? No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I, I just don't see it happening just because I think a big thing people need to consider is the fact that like I can't we can't vote. Yeah. So we we represent pretty much nothing to them. It, it, I think it comes down much more to like a human rights issue by how we're being treated. But like our vote doesn't matter. We don't really have that many rights. So like they could they could do it. They they don't have to. It's not going to like we can't do anything about it. And how, what's that going to mean then for the rest of your life? Um, essentially, if they just keep on pushing the, the boat forward, does that mean that you could be stateless in America, well, basically Mexican with no rights for forever. I mean, potentially, yeah, there there are ways to get you. You can marry someone who's mm-hmm. a citizen. But like like I said before, it's difficult to tell someone when you're in a relationship with them. that. <laughs> yeah. Just because a lot of them are like, oh, you're using me. You're like, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, so there's that way. Um, I don't know many other ways for me i don't think DACA is going to last forever i really don't i think they either have to solve it or it's going to be like a mass deportation which it looks like that's what they're doing right now really are they, do you think that they're targeting some of the DACA registered people oh well i mean there's a lot of raids going on right now yeah and like you can't be deported as DACA technically but your family can be right and is yeah. that something that's happening around you that, like, are you, oh, yeah. are, you, are you hearing personal stories, like anecdotal stories yourself of this kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know I know a few families whose moms and dads have been deported. And for me, like for my family, we've personally talked about it. if my mom gets deported, she's she can't cross back because she's not risking the like, of the, course, the yeah. border. Yeah. So obviously my brother would have to go with her. Um, my uh, my dad would probably want to go, too. So, I mean, then it'd just be up to me if I could like survive here on my own. If not, then I would go back too. That's a sobering conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, a little terrifying. And so with all these things that we've been talking about, all these things considered, do you yourself as a matter of identity consider yourself American? So that one's an, an interesting thing that they try to sell you um, and they try to sell the people when they are promoting DACA that like they say, oh, they're not even that Mexican or they're not even that um, Hispanic or wherever you're from. Um, and I very much identify as Mexican. Like it's Spanish was my first language. It's the only language I speak at home. I eat Mexican food all the time. Like 
that for me mm. that was my principal culture yeah but i really i really like america I, if i <laughs> went back to mexico i don't think i would feel at home like i like being here but i think mm. they have this weird thing where like they're like you can either identify as american or Me- mexican like you can't you can't do both so i think i identify more as both just because like i care a lot about both countries and i definitely want what's best for both Absolutely. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. It's definitely been enlightening. And like we said, like it's just been discussed since, well, really since <laughs> the last 10 years in America, they don't seem to be able to figure out a way to fix the problem. It's it's always important to hear actual stories about how it's impacting on real people's lives, because it's not just about what the politicians are using to bash each other over the heads with in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I think it's important people realize that this affects everything from like insurance to mortgages to like paying for school like you you can't get anything here mm-hmm. but you pay taxes though right yes so i'm <laughs> that's, that's that's the biggest bullshit of Just all. Such bullshit. <laughs> they have no problem collecting taxes off illegal immigrants oh but God. they won't give you any rights <laughs> yeah no like we have to pay taxes but then like well especially if you're daca and if you want to go to university you have to file taxes for that mm. but you don't get like federal aid uh to pay for oh, school God. insurance is you, I have never had insurance in my life, so hospitals is super expensive. Yeah. Like, it's just stuff like that. And you're like, okay, cool, I got to give you my money. But <laughs> Well, Andrea, again, thank you so much for taking the time and energy to do this. Uh, we will be in touch for part two where we interview Lily and get uh, her side of the story as well. So <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm sure she's really excited. Oh, she sounds it, yeah. We could hear her crawling around actually in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have our people talk to her people. Awesome, okay. Thank you so Thanks, much. Andrea. We'll let you go. Okay, bye. Bye, <laughs> bye. I I want a tortoise now. After yeah, chanting. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's what everybody learned about that interview. If if you got a tortoise, what would how would Ted react? Your Labradoodle Ted. I think you'd be pretty freaked out by it for for a while. <laughs> I honestly got to think if we could go inside his head, he would just look at this tortoise and go, "That's a weird dog." Like he would just <laughs> look at it as a weird dog. <laughs> Um, he's not the smartest dog, your Ted. He's pretty smart, actually. In fairness to him, he does. Is he? he he has his moments. Yeah, oh. I think he would probably freak out for a while, but because they're so slow and not mm. intimidating at all, no. Eventually, he'd just like get used to it. Oh, and then adopt the tortoise, and then adopt the tortoise, and then and then I would come down and I would see them spooning, watching oh. watching oranges and new black on like a big on a big <laughs> on a big binge with with a with a tub of of. Tom and of not Tom and Jerry's of Jerry's ice cream of Ben and Jerry's ice cream (laughs) and then I'd be like hey you motherfuckers that's my goddamn Ben and Jerry's ice cream and I would snatch it back and I'd be like I regret the day I ever brought you into this house Fernando the tortoise (laughs) and then I would I would put him outside and I would I would I would give him my leap card and tell him to get as far as he could on the on what was left and I don't want to see him ever again but then I would see him again because I would go to work the next day and he'd still be making his way to the bus stop Uh, Steve sorry I didn't hear anything after Tom and Jerry's ice cream it's all all gold yeah (laughs) anyway that was a good interview that was a fun chat that was that was um, yeah that was a pretty that was a pretty enlightening I thought yeah and it was nice to get all anecdotal and human with it a lot of the time we kind of try and drill down into understanding policy and stuff but it's nice to see the kind of the human part of the conversation yeah, so next time we should do an episode on North Korea and actually like go to North Korea and break someone out of the gulag and talk to them. I would love that. <laughs> well, no, I would. 
I would love the end product of that. I'm Actually, sure I would be very sorry, scared. Sorry, that's that's terrible. I mean, come on, we have to be smarter than that. That's just not that's not fair. That's exploitation. Mm. That's just using somebody's personal situation for our own means. Richie, you have to go to North Korea and get put into a gulag. That's yes, you're right. First hand primary research. That's the only right thing to do. Anything else would be totally unethical. That's that's very true. Actually, I, we should do an episode on the death penalty next. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Well, not you know. Well, no. Um, like first hand account of the death penalty. Oh, oh, come on, man. So, <laughs> so you have to get you have to get done for some sort of capital crime. Okay. Well, what'll happen is I'll go out. I'll go out and commit a capital crime, and you go out and buy a Ouija board. No, 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 no. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I was like, it's going to take a long time because because you don't actually get executed for ages. So. Oh. You, you, while you're on trial, I will get my my law degree and pass the bar in a southern state, Kentucky, and I will right. become like a, a southern lawyer. And like, will you wear one of those white suits? Yeah, yeah, I'll wear the white suit, and I'll have suspenders, and my thumbs will be under my suspenders as I'm giving my speech to the jury. Now I am be... just a simple small exactly. <laughs> I'm just a simple small time former podcaster turned lawyer, and I think <laughs> that you should give this man the chair. <laughs> I, no, I didn't actually specify. I'm on the prosecution side. Oh no! <laughs> and I'll, I'll be like, we used to do a podcast together, and then the judge will think I'm crazy. I'm a, I objection, Your Honor. Sustained. <laughs> oh man, I hate this. <laughs> and but, the, you know, the, the, ju- the judge has to be Samuel Jackson. Right, okay. Look, I'll do it for the podcast. Yeah. Which do you want to do, do first? Well, I guess we have to do that one last. <laughs> yeah. That'll we'll get, be the season finale. We'll get a couple of other ideas together and then figure them out and then we'll do that one last. Please. Please. But in the meantime, Twitter? Twitter, yeah. What I'm politics. In the meantime, Twitter. At what I'm politics. Email what I'm politics at gmail.com. That's been thriving yeah. lately. Yeah, it's been great. Lots of lovely, lovely messages. Uh, also, we have a little uh, voice service thing on our website. If you want to leave us a little voicemail, yeah. Go to what I'm I mean, if you don't so have like the time the to actually set up an interview for us to recall you like we did this episode, you can just mm. leave a little snippet. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just a teeny tiny um, one. Just a teeny tiny. Just say hi. That'd be great. Just, just um, a small one. Just a Just a little bit. Oh, stop, stop. That's creepy. That's creepy. Stop. Oh, is this creeping you Oh, no. Why are you cockney? Oh, Stephen. Oh, Jesus. Just a little bit. Oh, my God. That's horrible. That's like, that's like Pennywise the Cockney Clown. Get away from me! Hey, Stephen. Oh my God, it's getting worse. Oh, Stephen, you've got such pretty smelling hair, Stephen. Your hair smells so pretty. Oh my God, we have to stop the podcast right now before we lose all our listeners. (laughs) Goodbye, Stephen. Oh, goodbye, Richie Wise the Clown. Won't you tell me how to get, how to get to Stephen's house? Oh my god! This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.